0: welcome to the prophetic collective podcast my name is stacy hillier and i am so excited that you have decided to join me and some of my friends from all walks of life as we chat about how the prophetic is purposed to build both the church and to break outside of her four walls into your world we'll chat to prophetically minded people who are positioned in the marketplace in education in the science and medicine world arts and entertainment government, family, and the church, all with the intention of equipping you to prophetically build and lead in the places and spaces that God has placed you. So let's get to it. Today, I am joined by a very special guest who I am honoured to call friend, Dr. Michael Gretschko, who we affectionately call here at Numa Church, drop the mic, Gretschko. He is the global teaching executive at my home church here at Numa and is also the principal of Numa College. Welcome, drop the mic.
1: Pastor Stacey, it is so good to be here with you. I love chatting with you about all sorts of things, biblical and prophetic.
0: Well, this is going to be amazing, but I have noticed a little pattern with you and I. Yes. Every time you and I are in this podcasting room together, we are in a season of prayer and fasting.
1: What is with that?
0: I don't know. I feel like we're not necessarily at our best when we're in that space.
1: No, the deprivation of food to the brain does things to you. (laughs) It
0: really does, doesn't it? But anyway, I wanted to start this new podcast. I wouldn't start in any other place, Dr. Mike than by building upon a biblical foundation of what prophecy is before we move off into some different topics like prophecy in the marketplace or prophecy in your family, prophecy in the church. I have a personal value, but we also have a value here at our church that God's Word is our foundation. Yeah. And it's really, really important as prophetic people that all of our experiences or the things we're hearing from God are always run through the filter of His Word to find their truth. Yep. So this dop- is, That's
1: so important. I just want to add to that because yeah. I have seen over the last, well, I've been walking with the Lord 41 years now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is in Pentecostal churches where yep. the gift of prophecy has been encouraged and nurtured and right. celebrated and, mm-hmm. and, and, and they've reaped the benefits of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have seen uh, some really good prophecy, some immature prophecy, some really terrible prophecy. Mm-hmm. And what I have found is where there is solid prophecy, mm-hmm. good prophecy, healthy prophecy, it is always... Uh, based on the foundation of the Word of God. So those with the gift of prophecy who immerse themselves in Scripture, reading, studying, learning, having Mm -hmm. input, uh, the quality of that gift matures far beyond that which just stands alone outside of the depth of the Word of God.
0: I love that, Dr. Mike, because what you're talking about there is something that I love to teach people who are growing in their gift of prophecy. And I use this example that when my husband sends me a text message... The voice that I read that text message in, I can hear his voice, yeah. where his voice would go up, where his voice would go down, what he would emphasize. But if a stranger sends me a text message, I read it in my voice, yes. through my filters. And so, as people who want to grow in the prophetic, it's very important that we get to know God's voice and God's ways. And the way we do that is through his word. Yes. Because yeah. we are not giving our own prophetic words to people, we are God's mouthpiece. Exactly. So, we need to know how he would speak what he would do, how he would phrase things, how he would always drench things in love. And we discover that in his words. So yes, a word life is very important for anyone who wants to grow in the gift uh, of the prophetic. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's start there. Can you talk to us, Dr. Mike, and teach us what does the Bible say about the spiritual gift of prophecy? And obviously a very key passage here is 1 Corinthians 12 verses 4 to 11, which I'm going to read before I get you to unpack it a bit. It says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. All of these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as He wills.
1: What a wonderful passage! Mm-hmm. It talks about the diversity in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Really helps always when we when we study a passage of Scripture to put in its context. Right. So, one of the things we noticed in the in the church in Corinth was that they were over enthused with the gift of tongues. Right. Um, that might be another podcast for another yeah. day, but. <laughs> Um, They were over enthused with the gift of tongues. And when they gathered together, they spoke in tongues in ways that uh, was not reflective of Mm -hmm. what we what we do in terms of sometimes we pray in tongues as Mm -hmm. part of a prayer meeting. Mm And um, they were doing something other than that. And when people might walk in, they think that's madness. And Paul used that word mania where we get madness from. Right. Um, and also uh, they thought they had arrived spiritually mm-hmm. because they spoke in tongues of angels and men. Mm-hmm. Um, they thought they had arrived in their spiritual state. So right. as a result of that, when you arrived in your spiritual state, what do you do with the body? You can yeah. either indulge the body because the body doesn't matter mm-hmm. or... The body is sacred, also, so you abstain. Right. So there were people going, men going to prostitutes, mm-hmm. um, and there were others who were abstaining from sex within marriage. Right, and that they had misunderstand a whole lot of things because they 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 had a misunderstanding of the importance of tongues and what they did to their spiritual state. Mm-hmm. So what Paul is doing in this passage is saying there's a variety of gifts.
0: Right,
1: they're all important,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and so diversity is the important thing here. Okay, and so what he what he sets up this chapter in he says now concerning spiritual gifts in chapter 12 verse 1 Mm -hmm. the problem with this verse in most translations is Paul doesn't say now concerning spiritual gifts in the Mm -hmm. Greek Mm -hmm. he uses the word spiritual in the plural neuter so he's he's talking about now concerning spirituals Mm -hmm. and he's probably talking about what it means to be spiritual people right and spiritual people use their gifts to bless others yes Because we know that uh, Paul has taught us that when we speak in tongues, we build ourselves up. Mm -hmm. Unless it's interpreted, it is of no benefit to anyone else. So they were building themselves up. They were not concerned Mm -hmm. about building others up. They weren't using the gift for the common good, which is what you read in verse 7. So we need to understand that being spiritual is using your gift for other people. Hmm. That's the biblical definition of being spiritual here because it's of the spirit. The gifts are of the spirit. And in verse 7, Paul calls them manifestations of the spirit. Manifestation is not a word we use often today. Mm -hmm. It simply means when the spirit works through you, when the spirit Comes when the Spirit does what He does, mm-hmm. when He explodes that gift, when He moves through you so that you use the gift He He has enabled you to use. Yes, the end result is good for other people; mm. it's common good. And we often focus on ourselves a little bit. And I know no, as a young, twenty-something-year-old um, starting to prophesy uh, mm-hmm. in Bible College, mm-hmm. um, I was just so thrilled that I could. Prophesy, you know, mm-hmm. and I still, I still remember my very first prophecy ever mm-hmm. in Bible college in our chapel times. I, you know, I felt the, the stirring of my spirit inside, and, and I stood up and uh, I said, Thus saith the Lord, because we all use the King James language and we talk <laughs> like the King James Bible. Thus saith the Lord, because if you didn't say, Thus saith the Lord, it wasn't from the Lord, <laughs> which was, you know, it's very limited understanding. We don't do that now, but, you know, thus saith the Lord, God loves you. And I sat down again. Oh I just felt God wanted me to say God true. loves you. Yeah. And, and it was very simple. Mm-hmm. You didn't even need to be a prophet to be able to say that. Yeah. but that was my first unction, I suppose. Yeah. I was moved by the spirit yeah. to, to do that and then you know prophecy develops on after that. So it's for the common good. yes. So one of the things we learned from this passage is that these gifts are given by the Holy Spirit yes. and we ought to value that which the spirit has given us and he's given it to us because his choice Mm -hmm. his decision his determination is that we should have this gift or other gifts Mm -hmm. if we have other gifts Mm -hmm. and that ought to encourage us i think greatly that god wants to use us in that way to be a blessing to others so then it's important for us then to learn how to use that well, yes. And so, before we can learn how to use that well, we need to learn what it is. Yes. And so, prophecy mm. comes from two words uh, in the original Greek, and the New Testament was written uh, almost entirely in the Greek with a few Aramaic words. And it m- comes from the word uh, the the pref- prefix is pros mm-hmm. and phaiotes. Mm. Pros is uh, for or beforehand, mm-hmm. and phaiotes is means it's a verb I speak okay so prophecy is when I speak for God right so it's when God speaks to people through me I yes. speak for God to mm-hmm. others a message is given me yes or I speak in advance of yes. so before an event so prophecy can be predictive mm-hmm. it can be prophesying a future happening a future event whether it's for an individual mm-hmm. something's going to happen in your life our church situation the world whatever mm-hmm Or it can be speaking forth into a situation today, right here and now, that God wants to speak into through the prophetic gift.
0: Yeah, I love that. And one of the important things that I love to pull out of this passage, Dr. Mike, is in the context of the time, they probably would have misunderstood this because they had several gods. And so they would have thought, well, each of the nine spiritual gifts, possibly they could have thought came from nine different gods. But this is why we keep on hearing about the one spirit, the one Lord. Because it was radical theology for them that the one Holy Spirit, one God could distribute all these different gifts for the common good.
1: Yes. And it's interesting. We often talk about the list of spiritual gifts here. Mm -hmm. But if you read it carefully, he doesn't list spiritual gifts. He lists (laughs) different people. To whom mm. different gifts are given. Wow. Because he says, see if we put names, he so says to one is given this, to another is given that. Yep. So if we put names in there right. to Stacy is given this gift, to Sam is given this one, to Michael is given that one. He's mm-hmm. listening. Different people get different gifts. And what we need to understand is we need them all yes. to be encouraged and built up in the faith.
0: Brilliant. And so people hearing this and who are going, Well, I want the spiritual gifts and I'm saved, how do they get them?
1: Yeah well that's a great question how do you get them if you have the spirit you have them yep so one of the things that we often don't understand is that they are gifts of the spirit yes when we're born again we uh we receive the spirit our heart becomes alive we become alive to god we we can know god we can be known by god Mm -hmm. and so there's that new birth often these types of spiritual gifts are are more evident when there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Now, some people don't know they're baptized in the Spirit and they have these gifts. Right, But most of the time, you see these types of supernatural gifts accompanying the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And that's why you see a lot of these gifts more prevalent in Pentecostal charismatic churches than non Pentecostal charismatic churches right. doesn't mean they can't have them or don't have them yes. but it's more prevalent right. in Pentecostal churches mm-hmm. and charismatic churches where there's a greater emphasis on being filled with the spirit mm-hmm. and so when we are filled with the spirit things have to happen and this happens right throughout the Bible even the Old Testament when some people um, uh, just a few people had the spirit there was mm-hmm. one occasion when Saul mm-hmm. he joined the prophets mm-hmm. And uh, there's music being played and they're worshiping. And the Holy Spirit fell on Saul. Now, Saul did have the Spirit, but the Holy Spirit fell on Saul and yep. he prophesied yep. endlessly. Mm. And so it, when, when the Spirit comes upon you in, in great measure, in power, like you are immersed, because baptism in the Spirit yeah. means you are immersed in the Spirit. Yeah. When you are immersed in the Spirit and you are so filled with the Spirit, something's got to happen. The Spirit's got to come out and manifest somehow, and he does that to bless others through what we now know are the spiritual gifts. Yes,
0: I love that. And I think it's a really important point to make that, yes, we should desire, for example, the word says, eagerly desire the gift of prophecy. But we should pursue love first. Yes. It's really important we pursue love first. Our pastor, Pastor Corey, says "Um, power gifts, like the gift of prophecy, can blow things up if they're not grounded in love first.
1: Yes. And what was happening in the church in Corinth is that they were all speaking tongues and they weren't loving one another. They were only concerned about edifying themselves. So we see prophecy in chapter 12 and in chapter 14. And in chapter 13 is that chapter of love. Yes. And what he's doing, he says, when you use a spiritual gift, Use them with love. Yep. Now we we take a portion of that and we read it out at weddings. Yes, it has nothing to do with weddings yep. really. Yeah, but it's not inappropriate to yep. to to talk about love in other contexts. Yes. but in this context in Corinth, they were not loving one another. Yes when they were using their gift, they were too busy and too concerned and too focused on edifying themselves. Mm -hmm. And we know that he who speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself or herself. We build ourselves up in the Holy Ghost and it's a good thing. It makes us stronger, closer to God and uh, more aware of God and Mm. it it leads into other types of prayer. But it's of no benefit to anyone else but prophecy. And So in chapter 14, when Paul's talking about tongues and prophecy through the whole chapter just Mm -hmm. about, he's saying... I speak in tongues more than you all and I'd rather but I'd rather you prophesy. Yeah. Because prophecy is when God speaks to you. Yes. Tongues is when I pray to God. Mm. And so when I pray to God doesn't bless you but if, if I have a message mm. for you from God that blesses you enormously.
0: Brilliant. One of the things I love to do with some of our people in church who are developing in their prophetic gift is actually encourage them to take 1 Corinthians 13 and to put their name in that chapter. I am loving, I am patient, I am. So that if we can uh, wrap our identity about around being a very loving person before we ever try to exercise the spiritual gift of prophecy, that's a yeah. really healthy place to start. And then to measure the way we prophesy under the New Covenant, New Testament, is this prophecy loving? Is it kind? Is it patient because God's voice will always be because he is love?
1: Yes, that's a really beautiful way of putting it. Mm. Um, that word identity is really key. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of young Christians, they find their identity in their spiritual gifts. Yeah. Our identity is in Christ as a son or a daughter, yeah. full stop, end of story, nothing else. Mm-hmm. One of the things he might get us to do is to prophesy. Yes. Or to evangelize mm-hmm. or, or some other ministry that mm-hmm. he equips us for. Mm-hmm. But but we need to be really careful. What, if we put our identity in our gift, then our, our identity is not in Christ. Yes. It's what he's given us. It's not yep. what he's made us. Mm-hmm. He's made us sons and daughters with the full rights of inheritance. Right. And we get to serve him with our spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. But um, if I have the gift of prophecy, that's not my identity. That's right. I have the, my teaching is yes. not a gift. That's not my identity. Yes. I'm a son of God and that that takes a it takes a lot of the stress out of having to be someone that really God has not made you to be He's not made you to be that gift. yes the gift is a manifestation of the spirit through you yes a son or a daughter of God mm-hmm. to bless other people.
0: yeah Paul talks about in another scripture to eagerly desire the gift of prophecy I've touched on that yeah. so I love to take people through a journaling exercise of you have the Holy Spirit who is the distributor of all those gifts. so eagerly desire. Let's ask, why don't you journal and ask the Holy Spirit? I want to pursue love. Would you give me a revelation of the height, depth, and the breadth of your love? Mm. Then from that place, ask. Would you give me the spiritual gift of prophecy? Would you help me to begin to operate in that? Yeah. And that's a journaling exercise we do because I think once people start to put that down, they'll start to notice that it's already within them, but it gives them the boldness and the courage and God meets them at that point of faith as they begin to step out in it. Hmm. So I found that something really helpful for people to do. In 1 Corinthians fourteen 4, you've touched on this. It says, the one who speaks in a tongue builds himself up, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. And then he talks about, um, in verse 3, that prophecy is for upbuilding, encouragement, and consolation. This is the spiritual gift of prophecy. Yes. Talk to us for a moment about those three words of upbuilding, encouragement, and consolation.
1: Yeah. so consolation is the word comfort. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're distressed about something, about mm-hmm. our spiritual life, our our, our walk with God, mm-hmm. the attack of the enemy or situations, when God speaks into that situation, it can bring his peace. Yes. It can bring assurance and it mm-hmm. brings comfort. Yes. Um, the word exhortation mm-hmm. um, is that word to I- encourage. Mm. So when we encourage someone, we give them courage. Yes. And uh, when, when someone brings us a word from the Lord, when we're perhaps timid, mm-hmm. when we're hesitant, mm-hmm. when we're not sure of ourselves or when we're perhaps lacking in faith, uh, uh, that, that can encourage and give us courage to move forward, courage mm-hmm. to step out. Mm-hmm. The word edification is a word that um, uh, means to build up. Mm. We get our English words, uh, building and edi- like an edifice mm-hmm. is a building. Yes. And, and in that word in the Greek text also, in, in the Greek language, can also mean an edifice. It can be build a building. Yes. So when we do that to one another in, in the mm-hmm. verb form, we build each other up. We, make, we put structure into our mm. soul, into our mind, into mm-hmm. our thinking, into our heart, and it makes us stronger. Yes. So edifying and building up, the same thing there, that when, when someone speaks to us a word, yes. faith rises yes. and it makes us stronger, stronger mm-hmm. in God, yep. stronger in his word, stronger in his call on our lives, stronger in what we're trying to do. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, sometimes life can give us a bit of a beating Yes. Our own weakness can give us a bit of a beating. Mm-hmm. The world can give us a bit of a beating. Mm-hmm. A family of origin can give us a bit of a beating. Yeah. Our own failings can discourage us and, and make us weak. And, uh, when when someone speaks to us a word of prophecy, it can have an enormous difference. That's right. And It can make us strong. Yeah. I remember one one Sunday many, many years ago preaching um, uh, you know, one of my best sermons. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought I'd really nail this. I spent hours and hours preparing <laughs> this and you know that was even way back then before I really know as much as I do now but mm-hmm. I gave it my very best I preached my heart out and I thought I'd done a really good job mm-hmm. and then at the altar call I prayed for someone and I had a word of prophecy over them Right. and then I saw that person during the week and um, said, oh, I really loved your word on Sunday pastor and I well, saw so what, what the message no 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 the word you had for me <laughs> so when you teach the word of God it's solid it's important it's, but it's not as personal that's right necessarily when, when when someone has a prophecy given to them it's from god himself look and it's I immediate
0: yeah and this is the way i like to think about it so the word of god gives us our Collective identity as children of God. I'm a child of God. This is who scripture says I am. But what prophecy will do is give you your individual, eternal, speak to your situation, identity and markers. And where it says that it's for upbuilding, encouragement and consolation, this is to literally put framework around people's lives to then put courage in them to step into that framework and it meets them right at their point of pain because the Holy Spirit is a comforter and a teacher and a counselor. It's absolutely brilliant. So I want to now shift a little bit, Dr. Mike. So Mm -hmm. we've been speaking about the spiritual gift of prophecy. I want to move to talking about the Ephesians 4 office of the prophet, because one of the things I've identified in church is People in their fervor and their zeal to operate in the spiritual gift of prophecy walk around and they self-title, I'm a prophet, or call each other, prophet this and prophet that. Mm. There's actually a difference between the spiritual gift of prophecy and the office of the prophet. Before we jump to Ephesians 4... I think it's important to say one of the tensions that I think have damaged people in the prophetic, in the church, in the past, is that because at the moment of salvation, we are filled with the Holy Spirit and we can begin to operate in spiritual gifts, Mm -hmm. but we may not necessarily yet be displaying the fullness of the Galatians 5 fruit of the Spirit that develops in our lives through maturity in Christ, it does mean that, And I don't mean this in a condescending way, mm-hmm. I mean it in a factual definition way, yep. that an immature or a newish believer in Christ who's not yet fully displaying the fruit of the Spirit can prophesy, which actually means they can use language and they can present prophecy in a way that that doesn't represent the fullness of Christ well. And I think people have actually been damaged by this in the past. Yeah, And this is why I say to people, pursue love, yes. pursue knowing the voice of Jesus. I would rather people pursuing de- developing and bearing fruit on their life than pursuing the gift because you'll start to operate in the gift once you have the fruit of the spirit, which is love, yes. because operating in prophecy is a loving thing to do. So on that foundation. Yep. Let's go to Ephesians 4, because this should be somebody, this office of a prophet, who is displaying mature spiritual fruit. So Ephesians 4 um, talks about fivefold, which is very important to us as a church, Dr. Mike. I might just read out a few verses. Mm-hmm. From verse 8, it says, Therefore, this being Jesus, he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean, but that he that he had also descended into the lower regions the earth. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. Key verse here, verse eleven. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up into every way, into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds there's that word again, oikadame, mm-hmm. itself up in love. Yeah. Can you unpack this scripture a little bit for us, please?
1: Yes, yeah, so when when Jesus left um he left a big gap mm-hmm. in leadership of the church because <laughs> he founded the church the church yeah. came out of him and yep. out of his ministry and out of his life and so the the quality of leadership required for the church to be sustained through the ages until his second coming mm-hmm. had to be significant Right. and so when he left he imparted to the church five different types of gifts mm-hmm. so the earlier church passage we read in 1 corinthians 12 mm-hmm. the spiritual gifts are manifestations of the spirit they're gifts given to the people yes. so when they use those gifts it blesses others yes these are not gifts given to individuals these individuals are given to the church yes they are the gift mm-hmm. to the church mm-hmm. and that's one of the most significant differences mm-hmm. um so when christ who had <clears throat> all five gifts in himself hmm he was apostle, mm-hmm. he was prophet, mm. he was evangelist, he was and teacher. He disseminated those gifts and split them off into five different mm-hmm. categories of gifts. Mm-hmm. And when those gifts are used, they are to equip God's people, the saints, for the work of the ministry. Right. So the word here, equip, is a really important word. It's not used very often mm-hmm. in the New Testament, but it's used uh, to describe uh, when Jesus was walking along the seashore and he saw the fishermen mending their nets. Right. It's this word moss. That's mm-hmm. in the noun mm-hmm. form. It's only used once. But mm-hmm. katatizo, the verb, mm-hmm. they were mending their nets. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you do when you mend a net? Mm-hmm. You, you um, clean out the bits of dead fish that got stuck. You repair any torn bits. You clean it. You wash it. You fold it. Mm-hmm. And you prepare it for the next fishing expedition. Right. So... There are other uses when, when you are teaching or training someone to do something. Mm-hmm. It's this word. Right. God framed the whole world hmm. by his speaking the word. He framed the whole world right. by his word. Yep. Um, and so when, when someone is prepared or equipped, made ready, it's this word. And hmm. this is the role of the fivefold. They're not just prophesying or evangelizing or shepherding an individual. hmm they do far more than that. Mm-hmm. They are now equipping mm. God's people to mature. Mm. And they mature when they use their gift. Now, we're presupposing that they're doing this in love yes, because that has been taught over and over and over. Mm-hmm. So you walk in love, you're serving God, you're living in obedience, you're grounded in the word, you're praying, you're, you're, you're doing what disciples do, mm-hmm. you live the life of a disciple. And these five-fold ministries, the apes, we call them, apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd and teacher, They're there to equip God's people, Mm -hmm. to make them ready, to prepare them so that when they, the people, use their gifts together, together the church grows and matures and becomes more like Christ. Mm. The fullness of Christ, Mm. not just Christ, but the fullness. So this is emphatic it's, yeah. an, it's emphasizing that we come to the fullness of Christ the, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ to mature manhood yeah. all of these things are describing um, a maturity mm-hmm. a maturity that when you know you go through life stages and you uh, you're equipped in different skills of life and then at the end of your life like a like a, a blacksmith, Mm -hmm. working with an apprentice Mm -hmm. the blacksmith has been through all the different aspects of his trade throughout his years and now he's imparting that to someone else Mm. who's just learning one thing at a time Mm -hmm. and so at the end of his life he's mature, he can do all of that Mm. and that's the picture of a mature church Mm. that can serve God in all its fullness Mm. and is more like Christ because of that ongoing equipping from the fivefold. Yes, and what is really important for us to understand is where these fivefold are absent mm. and the people aren't being equipped to serve God in the ministry these call them to and statistics and anecdotal evidence and surveys over many many decades now decades now have taught us most churches have a handful of people serving in the church yeah less than 20 percent mm-hmm. of average churches are doing any form of Uh, voluntary service or ministry within the church Mm -hmm. so 80 percent are sitting around doing nothing Mm. how can a church come to maturity when 80 percent are not being equipped not contributing to the health Mm. of the church Mm -hmm. and the last little bit that you read there in that passage the the church grows into the fullness of christ and grows in love and becomes everything it's supposed to become as each part does its work. Mm. What does that mean? Each part is each person. Mm. What's the work? That's the ministry that God has called them to Mm -hmm. that needs equipping, preparing, Mm -hmm. making ready, training and maturing Mm -hmm. so that when each person, not a few people Mm -hmm. when each person and every person uses the gifts God has given them only then can the church grow and mature. Mm. And there's a contrast made between maturity and children yes <clears throat> children are tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine yes and it's a picture of the sea yep the ships get tossed in storms and waves and winds mm. but and that's so immature mm-hmm. christians get tossed to and fro like a ship in the wind yes. they get blown around somebody says this they go that way somebody says this they go that way mm. but when they're mature they're strong and they're solid and yes. and they they know god's word they know god they know how to walk with god they yes. know how to impart to others they know how to serve us. they know how to make a difference in their environment in their workplace in their family mm. they're strong they're solid they're resolved uh, they're strong foundations in the word keep them steady mm. but we, we all need to be equipped to be able to become that yeah, strong that's right. and so when we are all like that and we build one another up with the gifts that we have we become strong and mature together we be, we become a great light for god Great witness in the community, and we'll make a difference in extending the kingdom of God.
0: It's brilliant. And in the next four episodes, I'm actually going to break down with our fivefold, the relationship between the prophet, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the prophet, the Mm. pastor, and the prophet, and the teacher, which is you, so that people can get their head around this fivefold model. Because I really believe, and I'm speaking prophetically now, that um, the new wineskin for the church is the old being made new. Returning to the original blueprint that God provided for his church in Ephesians 4 becoming the new wine for the church that will see the last days revival and last days outpouring to make this pretty simple for people. We're going to finish by giving a couple of examples that we use here at Numa to describe the fivefold. Mm -hmm. The first being the five fingers on the hand and interject here where you like, but, um, the thumb being the apostle, which touches all the other fingers. And it, I like to say it gives the thumbs up and the thumbs down and it activates and it gets things moving. Yes. Got the pointer finger, which is the prophet. It doesn't point its finger of accusation at people, which is old covenant prophecy. Mm -hmm. It calls the gold out of people and it points them towards Jesus and it points the direction of the church. Mm -hmm. We've got the middle finger, which is the evangelist, the finger that extends the furthest out into the world. And we've got the shepherd or the pastor, which is the ring finger with the vein connection to the heart. They hatch, match and dispatch and their eyes are on how are the people, how are the people going? And then there's yourself, the pinky. The teacher, which brings balance, again, touches all the other fingers and helps everybody stay grounded in God's word as a foundation. And Mm -hmm. it's all held together by this big palm, this culture of honor. We honor and we defer to one another's graces. I don't need to be the teacher because I'm the prophet, but I need the teacher in my life. Or I can get weird. (laughs) <laughs> so I need you to be bringing me back to scripture, the revelations I'm receiving from God. And in the same way, you need me to go, Absolutely. yes, this is what the word says, but God is saying this to his church Absolutely. right now. And how do we bring those things together? Absolutely,
1: That's beautifully stated. I couldn't add to that.
0: I've actually created a little bit of a PDF we use with people on this five um, finger analogy. If people want that, they can contact us via social media and we'd be happy to send that to them. Dr. Mike, let's um, finish our time together by talking about the car accident scenario that Pastor Danny Silk speaks about in his book, Culture of Honor. Yes. I love this. So there's a car accident. Mm -hmm. The apostle rocks up at the car scene. What does he do?
1: Uh, The apostle? Yep. Well, it's been a little while since I read that He book. starts
0: ordering everyone around, he's, Dr. He, Mike.
1: He's wanting the, He's a big picture person. Yep. He's a big picture person. He wants to solve the problem. He does. He wants to put everybody uh, in their role and doing what needs to be done to rectify the oh, thing. Oh,
0: he's walking around saying, right, you go here, you go there. Here's how we bring order to this. And by the way, did you want to go and plant a church? Then the the prophet arrives and is like, "I had a dream about this two nights ago. I knew this was going to happen. And by by the way, we better get back to holiness." Yep. And then there's the evangelist who's beside the victim saying, "Do you know Jesus? (laughs) If you die in the ambulance, do you know where you're going to spend eternity?" That's right. Then there's the pastor. Are you okay? Yes, well, walking around to all the family victims, do you need meals? Yeah. Can I pray for you? Do you how want you, a hug?
1: How are you feeling? Do
0: you want a holy kiss? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, there's the teacher. What would you be doing, Dr. Mike?
1: Well, I think I'd be analysing what happened mm-hmm. and uh, putting a, a plan together to make sure it didn't happen again. Oh, you'd be
0: measuring then the tyre tracks, the yeah? skid marks.
1: Yeah, and I'd be... I'd be telling everybody what they did wrong and what they should do the next time so it doesn't happen again and then reporting to the government so they need to fix the road, they need to put up lights here and
0: they need to fix the problem. You'd probably write a manual on how to avoid car accidents of a similar kind in the future
1: too. Full of scriptures.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Well Dr. Mike I want to thank you so much for joining me today and I'm looking forward to seeing you in a future episode where we explore the role of the prophet and the teacher which we've touched on today. But today we've covered some very important foundations. Scriptures talked about the difference between the the spiritual gift of prophecy and the office of, of the prophet. We could do a whole season just on that topic itself. But we hope that this has helped you to start to build a scriptural foundation. So thank you, Dr. Mai.
1: My pleasure. I get inspired by speaking with you and hearing your revelations.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you for joining us today for the inaugural episode of The Prophetic Collective. In our next episode, I chat to my apostle, the Senior Global Pastor of Numa Church, Pastor Corey Turner, where we explore all things apostle and prophet. This is season one of this weekly podcast and we would love it if you would share the love on social media. Tag myself at Stacey Hillier and at Gretschko Michael. Also tag at Numa Church, hashtag prophetic collective. Make sure you hit subscribe so that you can access these episodes as soon as they are available. Please leave us a review as this helps us get the word out. I can't wait to join you next episode in this little community that we like to call the prophetic collective. Until then, stay cool.